On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the car, man. Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Tall Can Audio, Facebook.com slash Tall Can Audio. And you can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. Matt, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, sitting here, ready to talk a little sports, ready to have a beer or two. Um, I have a question for you before we get to the beers though, cause I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how everybody's coming out of this, this pandemic cautiously doing their own thing. We saw on the, uh, the aforementioned at greeds at Shrides Twitter account earlier today, you have bought concert tickets for the first time in quite a while. I must know what, what are you going to see? Oh, Matt, I am so excited. So today, so I'm going to see City in Color in Montreal Nice. Uh, in December. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of backstory. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. <laughs> I just haven't booked concert tickets in two years, so I don't know what's interesting and what's not. Um, City in Color is playing at Massey Hall in December. They actually have like, he has three or four shows there. They kept adding shows because it kept selling out. Um, the same weekend of the Grey Cup. And I, Ooh. I plan on going to the Grey Cup yeah. if I can, and and all that stuff. It's in Hamilton, so yeah. I was like, well, this is this is perfect. I can go see City in Color a couple days later. Go see the Grey Cup. What a great weekend! Mm-hmm. Probably way too much social interaction for, <laughs> you know, what I'm ready for. But sh- let's just throw me in the nights deep end. too for you, right? Like I right know I would be so be- <laughs> tired. I would need a vacation from that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I didn't get those tickets because they just kept selling out way faster than I could. My internet would allow. So today I'm, I'm, I think I was just scrolling through Instagram. And I saw Dallas Green had posted uh, a sh- two shows in Montreal and the pre-sale goes on in 10 minutes. And I was oh. like, oh my God. So Drop I jumped everything. in, got, yeah, I, I like literally <laughs> dropped everything, went online, got the pre-sale, general admission. So I was able to just like get tickets much easier than in a seated place because sure. I didn't have to like wait for specific seats or whatever. <laughs> and I got, I got concert tickets. Wow. And I'm going to a concert. That is exciting. I think. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. We'll see where the world takes us between now and then. But it looks good. Looks positive. Looks likely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, this is the first. I, I'm trying to remember the last concert I went to. The last concert I went to would have been something to do with the Grey Cup. Right. Like it would have been a concert I watched at the Grey Cup. So it, it was like an unintentional concert. <laughs> No, um, I, I think it would technically be the Beaches or Keith Urban because the, they were the opening and, and halftime shows right. um, for for the Grey Cup. But I haven't been to a like, I, I'm not going to know how to how to act at a concert. I got to figure all that out. But but regardless, I'm I'm going to a concert. I'm excited. So about two weeks ago, I also bought concert tickets. Um, what? This, this will be way less. Uh, this will be way less well known to most people. But um, ever since I was in like high school, college, one of my favorite bands has been this punk rock band called Anti Flag. And I've told the story on this podcast before that. Yes. Yeah, that was sort of the 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 day they were going to be here in Ottawa was the day the world. Well, it was kind of the day before the world sort of shut down, and I had sort of set this thing that like. As long as there are no cases of COVID yet reported in Ottawa, I'll go. If there are any here, I won't. That will be my own, you know, personal whatever. So it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. There are no cases yet in Ottawa. 
and I just decide I'm seeing what's happening in Italy. I'm seeing what's happening in other parts of the world. And I'm just like, I'm starting to understand we're, we're all still very early days on this, but I'm starting to understand there's a lag. Like, even if it's not here, it's probably here, right? Like these sorts of things. And I just decided about two or three days before the concert, fuck it, I'm not going, right? And I gave uh, my ticket to the guy I was supposed to go with. So if you can fill this, like, just, it's fine. Don't worry about it. The concert goes off here without a hitch. But the day of the show, Ottawa announces its first case of COVID. So I would have ended up backing out anyway at the last possible second. Um, they play the show, no problem. Off to Montreal the next night and the whole world shuts down. They call off the tour and they're going home, and they say, you know, in their release, we will start the tour when it's safe in Montreal, we will carry on, we will hit all the cities. And I'm like, God damn it, right? If it had been one day earlier, they'd have started back here in Ottawa again, and I could have gone then when the world returns to normal. Well, it turns out, when they unveiled their uh, renewed tour, which is starting in November, they are coming to Ottawa again, um, and they will start here instead of in Montreal. I'm not sure why that is, but uh, lucky you know, whatever lucky break for me. Um, it's anti-flag. They're not expensive tickets. I did not have several misses like you did trying to get tickets for, um, (laughs) it's at this little club downtown. They're 18 bucks each. So I'm like, I'm going to do this in the hopes that the world is okay in November. And if it's not, or at least it's not to my standards, it's 40 bucks for two tickets, you know, whatever the it's, it's not that big of a risk, but, um, you know, hoping that the world is back to normal. That will be uh, my first concert back uh, back in uh, the normal world would be what kind of was the thing that would have closed my normal world, right? That thing that the first thing I missed out on will be the first one that I get back. So I think that's kind of cool. I think that's kind of full circle. Um, like I said, for, for 18 bucks, grab two of them. We'll see what happens. It was a pretty low risk move, but it's something to look forward to, right? Exactly. And that, that's awesome. It's nice that it came full circle like that for you. And, yeah. and, and that's just it. Like having something on the calendar to look forward to. Right. It, it, it's amazing what that does to your mental health. For sure. <laughs> so I think that's, that's great. And, and yeah, listen, all signs are pointing in the right direction. Vaccines are rolling out mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I know everyone put the Delta variant, put the Delta variant, yep. like, listen, the vaccine prote- protects against hospitalizations and deaths yeah, just go of the Delta vaccine. variant. So we may have cases sure. at some point that doesn't mean they're going to equate to hospitalizations. That's what we have to remember. And I wish people would start to wrap their head around that because I'm getting really, really sick of seeing all this negativity on Twitter when I'm like, guys, we're not in the same situation as we were before. It's like we've alarming, got- right? It's hard. It's jarring for people. And I, you know, I've been in the same way where at times I've reminded people, at times people have reminded me that like, yeah, but that guy's vaccinated. And he's so uh, Dominic Ducharme, right? From the, the Montreal Canadiens. He had both his vaccinations. I guess he was only a week and a half from the first one. It wasn't the full two weeks, but he turned out to be fine. And that's the part that you have to remember. No one promised you the vaccine would stop you from testing positive. The idea was it would keep you out of the hospital or better yet, keep you out of the morgue. Right. And and that's what it did for him. Right. So it is just one of those things that we're going to have to kind of get comfortable with and get used to again, is this idea that, yeah, you're going to keep seeing these, these cases pop up or these little outbreaks here and there or whatever, that's probably going to be with us for a while, right? But if you do the right things, you get vaccinated and you're, we can kind of get as close to normal here pretty soon, hopefully. And and we'll both be seeing live bands again. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, the, the the whole point, not to get too far into it, but the whole point of lockdowns was to protect our healthcare system. And if, if vaccines are protecting our healthcare system, Mm -hmm. then we don't need to worry about lockdown. I'm at least like this is ideal situation. I realize things change and who knows, but like, I'm, I'm feeling very positive for that reason. Right. right? Like I, I'm not so much worried about increases in, of cases or whatever. I'm because I think we're going to slowly start to shift our focus from cases to hospitalizations and deaths. Yes. And, and that's, that's where the vaccine comes in. That's why we're all getting vaccinated. And that's when you're we're making progress Britain, right? there where it is exploding again, the number of cases, but the number of hospitalizations hasn't really followed the trend yet. And, and we'll see. Not at all. But um, yeah, so far, like it, it appears the vaccines are holding, which is, you know, all we can hope for at this point. Right. So we're getting there, folks. That's right. We're getting there. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got a lot to talk about today. So I want to I want to get things moving, but I want to start with everyone's favorite topic, and mm-hmm. that is Gary Batman. Well, can we start with our beers? Oh yeah! Oh, I completely forgot this about beers. Look at me. I, I I've threw got the wrench into the the work. That's there. okay, that's man. My fault. That's okay. What are you drinking today? 
So this comes out of, uh, you know, when I returned home from uh, some Canada Day festivities, it was a mystery box outside my door that uh, I'd had a bit of a heads up about, but you just never know what might be sitting there. Thought maybe an explosive device from some sort of Habs fan that listens occasionally. Could have been anything. Open it up. Oh, it's more man. beer. It's more beer from you and Josh. Appreciate that. Another box here. Um, very kind, very generous. So this is the first one out of uh, this latest shipment from uh, from you and Josh. And this is uh, the Enzi, no idea what that name means, E-N-Z-I, uh, from the Wavemaker Brewing Company and Distillery in Cambridge, Ontario. I've never heard of them before, so I'm looking forward to this. They say this is a cross between a lager and a Northeast IPA. So it's kind of got that lager crispness, but a juiciness from the IPA. So we're looking forward to checking that one out. Um, they say it's it's good for that that summertime kind of thing, hanging out on a patio or a dock. So that's what I'm riding with today. What do you got going on? I am going with a Haze Mama New England IPA from Great Lakes Brewery. Um, I don't have the, the sound effect. I already opened the can. And I um, did too. I had to pour it into a glass here. <laughs> I had to get the shot for Instagram. Yeah, no, no sound effects here, folks. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is one I've had a few times before. Um, I think it, I don't know if it's a regular for Great Lakes. I know it pops up in the LCBO occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, whenever it does, I, I try to grab a few. It's, it, it's not. It's not light. It's a 7%, so Ooh. you got to be careful. Yeah. But uh, it is. if you like New England IPAs, you're never going to go wrong with any kind of IPA or pale ale from Great Lakes. And uh, this one this one doesn't disappoint. So going with the Haze Mama today. So this one here, as I look at the can again, it says, good for uh, hanging out on the dock. You were away last week. Did you end up on a dock? Did you find your way to the lake for Canada Day, that kind of long weekend? Uh, how was your time away from TCA? So I didn't find my way to a dock. Okay. My Canada Day was weird okay. this year. And and really I think it was for a lot of people. Yes. Like just, you know, that celebrating didn't feel right. And but but you know, aside all not not to set all that aside, but just yep. outside of that. Yep. Um I was working on Friday. Thursday we record for She's Got Game and mm-hmm. that continued uh on Canada Day. So I had to stay sober all day. So that was one thing. Um, But I did. So Wednesday, because I was technically off Thursday, aside from recording in the evening, Mm -hmm. Wednesday was the Habs game was on. So I had a couple beer and like, you know, kind of treated that like a midweek Friday. Um, And then Friday, I didn't, it was Friday was supposed to be like a quote unquote work day, but not really a work day. Like that's why I never take those days off because they're the easiest days to work. it's (laughs) It's like working Christmas Eve. Like, my our bo- my boss literally says to us, you know, don't don't pull any muscles, kind right. of thing <laughs> on on around that time, um, unless something happens, obviously. And um, sure enough, something did. We mm. found out we were getting a prime ministerial visit to one of our vaccine clinics, so I had to go in and, you know, put like a dress on and look professional <laughs> and like, out of the joggers, back into the work gear. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was really not for me anymore, but so I did end up having to work, but it was very like, again, I went in, stood around as, as, as often my job when media are around just to stand there and make sure nothing falls apart. And then I, I had a kind of a lazy day. So I didn't get all that is to say, I didn't end up, end up going anywhere, hmm. but I had kind of a relaxing couple of days, That's but, good. but you went to a, co- a new cottage. How new was that? New cottage down to Bob Cajun. Yeah. Um, spent a few days. Before enjoying any of it, uh, moving heavy things between old cottages and new cottages. And um, the first three days were all kind of moving. And then, you know, as we were finishing up the day around two or three o'clock, all three of the days that we were working, and I, I was at various lakes and cottages and such, uh, the, the hurricane would roll in, it would start to pour rain, it, there'd be a thunderstorm, there'd be whatever. So the first three days of being out of here, and you know, I, I knew there was going to be work days, but you're kind of counting on the end of them, at least maybe you'll spend happy hour on the dock or something. No, it was just wiped out completely. But uh, by the time we were done moving everything and unloading and, and actually able to enjoy a bit of a long weekend, the weather cooperated quite nicely, I uh, was able to hang out on the dock a little bit and um, we know some people on the lake and, uh, so when the weather's nice, you can hang out outside a little bit, get to visit, which we haven't got to do much. Uh, pretty nice, pretty good. And it, it never fails. The nicest day of the trip will always be the day you're driving the four hours back to Ottawa. 
uh, sitting in the car, but such is life. Um, it was pretty good. Tried a couple new oh, things I've been good. talking about, and you can find it on Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Uh, brand new brewery down in Bob Cajun called the Old Dog Brewing Company. So I've been working through a bunch of their stuff that we loaded up on before the long weekend. Uh, so that's sort of what uh, what I got up to. Not too bad at all. Right on, right on. Well, now now I think we can get to our favorite topic sure. of Gary Batman. We can yeah? do that. Yeah. Awesome. I've just been waiting, you know, Everybody patiently and holding my breath. The, yes. <sighs> the count. So Gary Bettman spoke again. And I know most hockey fans have a certain reaction to that. And you're right for that. <laughs> but as, as he always does in the Stanley Cup final, he did a interview with Ron McLean, who historically mm-hmm. has always held Gary Bettman's feet to the fire. Yep. And held, never held back on tough questions. There have been some heated moments between the two of them. Yeah. On uh, on Hockey Night in Canada. And there's a few topics, you know, specifically circling around the Chicago Blackhawks that you would think would be a question that Ron McLean would ask. And, and you know, to Ron McLean's credit, he asked about the Olympics. Uh, he asked about officiating and there was a little bit of back and forth, but he completely skipped over the Blackhawks situation. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the Blackhawks are currently being sued by two former players. Um, or actually, we don't even know if they're former players. Two players uh, for alleging that they were sexually assaulted by former video coach Brad Aldrich. Mm-hmm. This has been an ongoing saga. If you want to get caught up, I highly recommend you follow Katie Strang, Mark Lazarus, or Rick Westhead of TSN. It's always Katie Strang. She's always, always Katie, Katie Strang. Katie Strang. Yep. And, and, you know, she has not shied away from asking Gary Bettman these questions in the press conference at the beginning of the, was it last week when Gary Bettman did his press conference so, or yeah. was it earlier yeah, this beginning week? Of I the can't finals, remember. Yeah. yeah. So she asked the question then he gave a very typical lawyer speak answer, but she's been asking, you know, I think, I, I think we've talked about this on this, on this podcast. I can't remember, but this if I haven't said it before, this story has tentacles, yeah. right? Like, because like there, there are a number of people who were with the Blackhawks at the time. This, this alleged incident took place in 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Bergevin was the director of player development, Currently, I believe. Yeah. GM of the Habs. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff, current GM of the Winnipeg Jets yep. was there as well. Coach Quinville was obviously head coach there. He's now with the Florida Panthers. Yep. So there, this spreads out throughout the league and Katie has not shied away from asking you know, she asked Mark Bergman about it. Obviously, she asked Gary Bettman about it. Ron McLean did not ask him about it. And, and afterwards, Ron McLean said in a statement to The Athletic that he chose not to ask him about it because he thought he would get the same answer that he got, that, that we all got in the, the press conference a week earlier. Right. What were your thoughts on Ron McLean's omission? Um, yeah, it, this, this sucked. Honestly, it really did. Because even when he asked him about the officiating, which is far less legally, you know, complicated, he still didn't hold his feet to the fire. He still just kind of let him, well, we believe our officials are the best in the, yeah, do you? That's super. Um, He just let it go. Ron wasted like two, three minutes of the interview telling a story and God love you, but if some 92 year old guy in Dunville, Ontario and some puck or statue or some shit, I have no idea. Just again, wasted time. Here's the thing that makes me angry about Ron McLean's statement to the athletic where he, as you said, he chose not to ask the question because you'd get the same answer as Gary had given in the press conference. Maybe. 10, 20, 30,000 people saw that press conference, right? That was live streamed. It was for the media. People went and wrote reports about it afterwards. You're talking now about game four of the Stanley Cup final on national television where millions of people are watching. You don't get to wave it away and say, well, someone asked a week or two ago. The average fan is going to see it. The more casual fan, right? The the people who aren't live streaming press conferences three hours before game one need Ron McLean to ask that question in prime time when he has him there and Gary can't squirm out of it. Now, here's the thing about Gary's answer in the press conference. That's exactly what I would expect Gary to say. And maybe I even have some sympathy, which I almost never do. This is an ongoing investigation. Gary's not going to say much, right? That's legally problematic, but you have to ask the question. And on Hockey Night in Canada, where millions of people are watching the Montreal Canadiens play for a Stanley Cup, 
you didn't ask. And even if you were going to get the same answer, you have to ask, you have to put it out there. And I thought it was gross that this didn't happen. And, And we've sort of seen this new, crappier version of Ron McLean since his, basically since George, right? George Strombolopoulos took his job for two years, didn't really work. They went back to Ron McLean. And I guess it probably, you know, the the cynical side of it would suggest that, you know, he had more freedom under the CBC when they were running their own show. Uh, now that he's working for Rogers, who has a $5 billion partnership with the NHL, you know, the cynical side would say they told him not to ask. And I, I don't know that Ron's statement really changes anybody's opinion in terms of whether or not they believe. Um, the NHL may have said, you don't get to ask this question if I'm coming on. And then Rogers has the right to say, well, then we're not doing the interview. Like you can have some integrity too. Um, yep. But there's a lot going on here, right? Uh, what did you think of it? Because it was glaring as you watched it. Like, are you going to bring this up at all? And then the music rolls and they're out to commercial. And you're like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah, this, I mean, the cynical side of me absolutely is going, this is less so since George was ousted and more so since Rogers got the exclusive national broadcast. Yeah, uh, and I was just right, using it as NHL. a fence post, right, as to when I, Ron did come back in, right? It was well, now and and that's the thing, like, it, no matter what answer Ron McLean gave, I think it still sucks because either, oh, I forgot to answer, well, you didn't do your research, uh, or I chose not to, not, sorry, I forgot to ask, well, you didn't do your research, or I chose not to ask, well, then you didn't do your job. Right. Like, the, journalists know sometimes that they're going to get a canned response or no response yep. but they have to ask the question yes i deal with me i work in media relations i get questions all the time from reporters who are like hey i know you actually can't tell me this but i have to ask yeah that is literally their job yep ron, and ron mcclain is not exactly new to the job no he's he has not. been around for decades yep. he knows what he's doing he knows he has to ask that question and the fact that he chose not to that, that it, it makes my blood boil because this is exactly the problem with hockey culture in that people in power can keep stories like this away from the mainstream. Yeah. That's why Katie Strang is so valuable. And, and Rick Westhead, to his yeah, credit he, as well. Sure. And <laughs> again, Ron McLean should know that he has to ask. And I get that, Ron, that you're going to get the same answer. That's okay. You know you have to ask. But that. now you ha- you at least let the audience go. You weasel, or you like you exactly. Ha- you have to put it out there. You have to. And he, I also think he's an experienced enough broadcaster to know that other people know he has to ask mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like like it it speaks volumes that he didn't, and he should know why, and he should know what kind of message that sends. And it's really really disappointing it that he didn't do it. I my only hope is that people like Katie Strang or Rick Westhead and Mark Lazarus just keep doing what they're doing, and and we as the audience can't let this story die. Right. This this story should not go anywhere. So, someone has to pay. Like, I I realize that nothing has been proven in court, and I'm sure someone's going to come at me with that. But regardless of all that, what this this story is about two things. One, an alleged sexual assault occurred. Mm-hmm. That's horrendous. Yeah. Two. Allegedly, the Chicago Blackhawks did not report this to police. This guy then went on to get a job at a school mm-hmm. and is was convicted of sexual, sexually assaulting a minor yes. at that school. The Blackhawks allowed that, that, that to happen. happen. Yes. Someone should pay. Yeah. And the only way that story is not going to go away is if we keep at it. And we, and, and we as the audience keep sharing it, keep talking about it, keep putting clicks on on. The athletic and TSN site, Sportsnet doesn't want to ask the questions. Right. Fine, they're not going to get the views. Right. And and this is what's so frustrating because in in so many situations like this, whether it's sexual assault or domestic violence or assault of any kind, people in power have a way of making it go away. We've seen it happen in hockey many times around the Blackhawks. Right. No, <laughs> like true. they they don't get to get away with this again. And and Ron McClain not ans- not asking this question made that look really bad. It made it look like that's exactly what's happening here. I and I think the the most disheartening part is as you referenced right off the top, and you know it was the first thing that came to my mind on on Twitter where 
I probably need to stop just writing the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> but the you said it. He used to do it on far less important things, right? On labor negotiations where he would always side with the players and hold the league to account. On Olympic things. On other racial issues. We've seen it over and over. He would do it. So the disappointing part, I I say it, I... I it's getting harder and harder. I've always really liked Ron McLean. I'm still one of those guys who falls for that, the the puns on the way to commercial, right? That kind of old-fashioned, hokey wordplay as we're wrapping something up and, you know, wrapping the, the flag in it and it, it, this Canadiana of, of the Stanley Cup final. I fall for that stuff, right? But over the last few years, man, it's just, it's gotten harder, right? Whether... I I personally thought, and I said it on this show, it wasn't that popular at the time, but I didn't hate Ron's reaction to Don Cherry as much as most people do. And that was just based on a, a bit of an understanding of the broadcast industry and whatever. He's sort of got one someone in one ear. He's given that I didn't feel like he was endorsing Don Cherry's comments that got Don thrown off the, the air. I, I just felt like he kind of got because we've seen him shout Don down enough times, right? We've seen him ask tough questions. But over the last couple of years, man, you've seen him even in these playoffs kind of cutting Elliot Friedman off to, you know, when to defend the officials. And there's just little things that have been going on over the last little while um, where you're like, what's happened, man? And I just wonder if he sees the finish line in terms of retirement or if he's been muzzled a little bit by Rodgers. I don't know what's happening, but Ron McLean has, you know, I, I, it's been, it's, it, the best word is disappointing, right? Um, to just wonder kind of what's happened here and to know that he does have it in him to do these things and to hold people to account and the fact that he's not doing it, 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 it's been rough to watch. And like I said, you know, in my kind of first remarks on this subject, Sportsnet can say, we have to ask you about this. And the NHL can say, don't ask us about this or you can say, then, then don't come on. Like you're going to make us look stupid if you come on here and we don't ask the question. So if you're not willing to let us ask it, let's just not do this at all. And then you get to have a little bit of integrity, right? We're not going to let you just come on our air and tap dance. And this is where we end up in that whole world of journalism versus entertainment and what sports is. And I don't know, you, you see the athletic and Rick Westhead and Katie Strang and these people doing sports journalism as close to sports journalism or as close to journalism as sports will allow and sports net. This is no different than ESPN's relationship with the NFL where they overlook all kinds of shit that they don't ask about, you know, that is disgusting in a lot of cases. Yeah. It, it's just disappointing to see Ron caught up in it because, and maybe I was just wrong. Maybe I was just naive. Maybe I, I like I said, maybe I got caught up too much in the Canadianity of it all. It's just disappointing because I kind of, felt like he was somewhat above some of this stuff. No one's completely above it, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it felt like he was no, a little different. You're right. Like, like we've, we've all seen Ron McLean and Gary Bettman go head to head several times. Yeah. And like, and like it got uncomfortable and this, this was, this was <laughs> Oh, it was awesome. And, and like, you know, it, let's say worst case scenario, Roger says, Hey, we're going to ask this. And the NHL says, okay, well, you're not getting an interview. And, and Roger says, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Does does any NHL fan watch a Gary Bettman interview for anything other than hate watching? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I get that eyeballs are eyeballs and clicks are clicks or whatever, but like no one's going to go, I'd how forgotten. dare you, Rogers? Did you know if- he was coming? No. Nope. I'd forgotten, right? I know they do it every Stanley Cup final and he did stop for like two years before Rogers got the things he didn't. He said, I'm not going on with Ron anymore and CBC held their ground and that was fine. I forgot this was coming. Anyone who was watching that Montreal Canadiens versus Tampa Bay Lightning game was going to watch it either way. The Gary Bettman interview was not the draw, right? You can say to him, no. then we'll see you later, right? Like the, there's too much going on. I have a, I mean, a little bit of a controversial opinion. I, I was a big fan of Strombo. I, I wish they had never gotten rid of him. I loved where they were going with Strombo. I thought it was a changing of the guard. I, with all due respect to Ron McLean. You sure. know, we needed a fresher perspective and the old white dudes in the rural areas of Canada has spoken and, and Strombo didn't work, but I loved him. I and thought he was great. And Ron was great on the Sunday show. 
he, yeah. that, that stuff that it Ron worked. does, that that's perfect for hometown hockey, right? Traveling around the country, doing those interviews, shining the spotlight on the local rinks and, and things like that. Ron was great at that shit. And I had no real beef with George either. I think George got caught up in, you remember that first year, all the gimmicks that had the puck wall and the, the fake rink on the floor. There was all kinds of crazy shit that nobody wanted. And George was the face of that because he was the new host of all this new wacky stuff Sportsnet brought in when they got the rights. And so I think he got a bit of an unfair ride as like the face of this. Because the second yeah. year, they just sort of went back to the old formula with, you know, but everybody had already kind of had enough. I, I think George got but a rod him as a too. broadcaster and a storyteller, I think is exactly and what the NHL and yeah. an interview. Like, yeah. That's exactly what they should be going for. Yes. He's, he's tremendously talented yep. and he attracts a younger audience and he gets those stories out of people. Like he, he's one of the only people I know who can make a hockey player sound interesting. <laughs> yes. And, and with all due respect to Ron McLean and his storytelling abilities, I just think that this was the evolution of where the NHL should have been going. Yep. And they, they sided with, the old guard and the old, like I said, the old white dudes yep. at home on in their basements on their lazy boys complaining about this guy oh wearing skinny pants. I'm an old white guy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate That's the okay. skinny pants. I'm becoming an old white woman. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm, I'm there too. But. I'm with you though. George got a raw deal there. And um, yeah, I like, I know that's a bit of a sidebar, but I just, and I he didn't need to, I don't need George to be an expert. I got a whole panel there. He's supposed to direct traffic, ask them the questions. If if the opinion was George isn't a hockey guy, fine. It got three hockey guys sitting is. beside him. No, I I I'm with you. I I understand. No, but, like, but if to the, the people opinion, who make that argument, he is a hockey guy. He used to work at the Score. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody has ever followed him on social media or watched a second of his show, The Hour, when it was on. Yeah. He's a massive Montreal Canadiens fan. It does yeah, not his, take you long to learn His Twitter that. account right now is fairly unbearable with the half of the final. But normally, you're right. I love him. I have I had a crush on him since I was a kid and he was on Much Music. <laughs> and I was so excited when he got that gig and I was so upset when they let him go. Yeah. Um, I just, anyway, like all that is to say, I think Rogers was making a turn in the right direction and they quickly course corrected and went back to the exact same direction they were heading in previously. I, you know, they're, they're more diverse now and they actually, I think they have a much better um, panel panel than they did at that time. Like George was great, but the panel was not. No. And, and the panel was full of, of still old white dudes, former (laughs) hockey players who were from an era that, is just so removed from the hockey we're seeing right now. And now we've got Kevin Bieksa, who <laughs> surprised the hell out of me, it is fantastic. He was terrific. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cassie Campbell has got an additional role. She's terrific. Kelly Rudy, I'm he's, uh, Kelly's kind of dry for my taste. He's fine, but um, no, you're right. It, it's it's changed Jennifer things Botterill, up a little. Jen, like, Jen Botterill was added in there a little bit. I, I still felt a little bit like, I really, her takes were good. I still felt she was finding her feet a little bit as a broadcast, but I mean, if you're just going to get plunked onto national television, that's going to take a little time, right? Well, Um, that's the thing. You got to give people some time. And and I think she's going to find that. Cassie Campbell was the same way. Like I remember when she first started, there was some nervousness. You could sense the nervousness there, but she's really come into her own. And and I think her, her on the panel is exactly where she needs to be. I think she's fantastic. ESPN is very lucky to have her. Yeah. Um, Yes, yeah. <laughs> we really got down a rabbit hole. No, with, uh, I know. I'm, I'm Canadian I'm hockey broadcasting. That they're taking her away a little bit, and uh, I, I, I did trade again this week. I know this has been teased for a little while, and I think now I'm allowed to say I, I, I've been talking to Ray Ferraro over the last couple months, and he kept saying, I'm, "I can do it. I can do it. You just you got to wait a little. You got to wait a little. Things are." And everyone knew why, like he was, it's been rumored for months he was going to be going to ESPN and he knew the first thing I was going to have to ask him about was, yes, <laughs> and he wasn't allowed to talk about it yet. Now it's official. Um, I would say within the next couple of weeks, look for Ray Ferraro back on here. Ooh, that's what I call a tease, yes, Matt. Yes, we'll I do like that. that. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, and I apologize, we actually didn't talk about this before, so I may be throwing you a curveball and I apologize. But the CFL released a statement today um, saying that their talks with the XFL exploring the potential uh, potential for collaboration and innovation have been positive and constructive. While they remain open to finding new ways to work together in the future, they and their XFL counterparts have jointly decided not to pursue any form, formal arrangements at this time. So all the panic about an XFL-CFL merger, the XFL taking over the CFL, what have you. 
was for nothing we're because not, they're not doing anything. We're not getting Commissioner Rock. I know. Damn it. <laughs> I, I'm disappointed. I really wanted to see the Rock in a CFL game this year, man. I was so excited. Yeah. But I, I listen, I think I said this when when the, this news initially broke that they were talking. Yeah. I said that I don't think there's I, th- I don't think a merger's on the table. I, I genuinely don't think that was ever really a, a real possibility. It may have been discussed, but everything sure. could be discussed. I think that I think they were picking each other's brains. I think the XFL, the, the CFL knows a thing or two about growing fan bases. They've got very loyal fan bases. The XFL is a new football league trying to grow fan bases, so they're picking the CFL's brain. The CFL needs to grow its broadcasting uh, reach because they're a gate-driven league, and mm-hmm. that doesn't work right now. Nope. So they were talking to The Rock, a media expert. I honestly think this was a sharing of expertise. They've done what they need to do. Now let's move on and focus on our respective seasons. Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not sure I agree. I, I think they might have been feeling it out to see what else was there. I never felt like this was going to be, uh, I, I got to be careful. I'm not sure how I shot my mouth off Uh-oh. here on here a couple times. No, just in the sense of how far it was going to go. I don't think I ever felt it was going to be a straight up integrated, you know, XFL, CFL, you, you know, mixed regular season. We're playing each other every other week and go into whatever the current XFL cities are. I don't know if they've announced cities, um, you know, back and forth. There was too much short of being swallowed up by this XFL that doesn't exist right now and, and moving to their rules and their stadium sizes and these sorts of things. I didn't see how that was going to work. I did think though that maybe champion versus champion was on the table, right? Maybe a little bit occasionally of interleague play at some point, but never a full merger, never a full integration. Um, I thought there was some meat on the bone that they would at least look at, uh, especially with the trouble that the CFL was in financially. Um, But yeah, I, I, I guess I'm not shocked that this has fallen apart or, and maybe it hasn't fallen apart. Maybe it's like you said, maybe they explored as much as they could and just went, there's not much here, right? Like in terms of what we can do together. Um, but you're right. It, it got a ton of play for a while and I don't even know, maybe you'd disagree. I, I don't know. I don't know that it was a bad thing at the time that the CFL was shut down and there wasn't much happening. Maybe you don't love how it came out, but it did, keep the topic alive, right? It kept you in the news a little bit, right? And what might this look like? And all of a sudden you're back on talk radio in terms of how might these things work together and play together. And there was a lot of hand-wringing about, could it be the death of three down football and these sorts of things? I, I know I did voice an opinion on that a few times. Um, but it, I don't think it was the worst thing in the world that, that for a little while you were talking CFL when maybe we wouldn't have been otherwise. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. And, you know, when when the rumors were flying around and people were panicking about a merger, I think my opinion was something to the effect of, hey, listen, if if the, if it's this or the death of the yeah. CFL, then give me this, sure. right? Like, I, I think it was pretty tough on CFL fans for being so defensive of it mm-hmm. because I think you have to be open to things when your league is on the verge of collapse, and it may have been. Um, I'm glad that that's not a possibility, but right. I... I, I don't, I gen in my heart of hearts, having had time to think about it, I genuinely don't think the threat of that was ever as real as people made it out to be. Hmm. I'm not saying it wasn't on the table. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't possible. Right. But I just, I, I don't think that that's what this was about. Who knows? Because there has to be a reason why, the, why they're announcing that the talks aren't happening anymore. That's well. a little weird. Like if you'd gotten what you wanted out of it and just walked away, like, okay, leave it. Yeah, I well, guess you want to stop any yeah. questions. Because, yeah, the, the, you know, with camps about to open here and you get your season under, you don't want to be answering questions all year about, yeah, is this fair. the last season before you merge and what's it going to look like with the XFL? Let's just wipe that out now if you're not doing it and go, it's over. We talked. It's not going to work. You know, we, we mutually agreed to break up. And everyone always believes one side over the other. No one believes it was a mutual breakup. You have to get over that. But you can say it out loud and uh, hope that people believe you. To me, that's what this is. Clear this story out so that we can now focus on training camps, you know, kick off, getting the season underway without this cloud of, hey, what's that thing with the XFL you were doing? Nah, it's gone. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Training camp starts uh, Saturday, by the way, for nice. you uh, Red Blacks fans out there. Yes. 
Let's go. Um, and a lot of, lot of retirements. Eh? Like we're getting a lot little of retirements. <laughs> We've been trying to keep up on Mouchoir. Shout out. Mouchoir is back. Mouchoir. And, Our Red uh, Blacks podcast. Check it out wherever you're listening to this. You'll find it. There you go. Um, we've like every time we record, it feels like we're like, oh yeah, this uh, this other player retired. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, this <laughs> week it was Alex Mateus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we did interview Brad Sinopoli about his retirement. And, I saw that uh, great interview. JP Balduke also retired. So yeah, that I've I've slowly been you know doing more research and familiarizing myself with uh, who this Ottawa Red Blacks team yeah. is. It's getting a little and thin. there's there's a lot of new players that like either were acquired before the pandemic and are now finally going to actually get to play Mm -hmm. uh or just you know were acquired recently so there's a lot of like i this is gonna be a very different team of course different head coach and and different defensive coordinator uh in um paul apolis and mike benavides so this is going to be a very new identity team I'm, i'm i'm very much looking forward to it uh to see what we get out of them so Agreed. Yeah, this totally. Is, I'm just happy to have CFL football back, man. Yes. This is so exciting. Um, speaking of sports in Canada, hmm. there is a real possibility, Matt, that we could, I don't want to jinx it, <laughs> we may be able to watch Toronto Blue Jays baseball in Canada hmm. in 2021 and maybe even by the end of July. See Vladdy just slapping stuff out onto the WestJet flight deck. <sighs> Please. Let's get a look at that. Let's get a look Please, at that. Please, for the love of God. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have submitted a proposal and a request to the federal government. They're apparently talking a lot with the federal government right now to try and get an answer on this by July 30th. Uh, Toronto FC doing the same thing, by the way. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what do you think? is funny. They're just like, we're coming home. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> they didn't really. I'm, I'm sure they've gone through the right channels, but they just said, like, we're coming home. And um yeah, this has been interesting. I I was surprised. Um, this came out on Sunday night just after Rob and I had recorded. And, and um, I should say, and I don't ask him questions because it's none of my business. On Canada Day, Maddie Lang was on to talk about the uh, Olympic qualifier for the men's basketball team, which uh, didn't go all that well. Um, although the headlines suggesting Canada won't be playing basketball at the Olympics are kind of shitty. Our women's team is going to be there, and we have a men's and women's wheelchair basketball team that will be in Tokyo at the Paralympics as well. So three out of our four teams will be there. Uh, it's just the men's team that has choked again. When Maddie Lang was on, on Canada Day, he kind of slipped in right at the very end. He goes, by the way... Uh, Based on somebody I spoke to who knows their stuff, Jays will be back pretty soon. Yeah, And uh, every now and then he does that. Not every time he's on, but every now and then, Maddie knows some people down there. And he just slides these little things in there. And more often than not, they prove to be correct. And sure enough, three days later, it's getting reported that the Jays have submitted this proposal. They want to come back. Um, July 30th, it's the start of a 10-game homestand, I believe. Seven-game homestand. I can't remember. Something like that. And... It would not only be the Blue Jays back at the Dome, but with some fans. And and you and I talked about this when they started to discuss the CFL starting up and how many fans they'd have. What was the Dome, right? Is it indoors? Is it outdoors? Is the roof open enough to consider it to be an outdoor building? Um, I believe that's still one of the things that they're sort of wrestling with is what type of facility this is. And the other part of it was... I think 23 of 30 MLB teams, I believe I read this afternoon, have reached uh, that 85% vaccination rate that we talked about. And one of the things that's going to be important here is do you treat the vaccinated players on these teams that are going to come in and visit different than you treat the unvaccinated players? And in theory, this is the, the going to be the big holdup that the government might say yes, but the PA may say no because we're not coming in there and being locked in the Sky Dome Hotel. Um, you know, as the Blue Jays and their opponents play in Buffalo, they basically are free to go do whatever they want. You go to restaurants, you have your families around, you can shop. Whatever. We're not quite there yet. We're moving there, and if we stay on pace, we will be in phase three here in Ontario before July 30th when this is supposed to start. But, you know, we just did the thing on Monday, right, where vaccinated Canadians can cross the border and can come home and not be vaccinated. You prove you've been double vaccinated, you're fine. 
what happens to Americans who aren't yet allowed to do that or whatever, Cubans, Mexicans, Venezuelans, a lot of people playing for MLB teams. Are you going to be exempt if you're double vaccinated? And what about your unvaccinated teammates? And inside of Edie's report on sportsnet.ca, he does say it's on the table that vaccinated players will basically be allowed to move around like fully vaccinated Canadians and their unvaccinated players will have to abide by basically the same, um, you know, rules, quarantines, quasi quarantines that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going through right now when they come to, to Montreal, right? That it's not the same. You're basically limited to the hotel and the, the playing surface. I think that's going to be the big holdup. But man, I'm excited about the possibility, right? Like, and to me, if you're going to do it at the pace we're at right now, you should have some level of fans, but it's got to be, it's got to be in concert with the, the roof, right? If the roof's open, you can have 35% or whatever we're set at. If it's closed, it's either the game's rained out like any other game in Major League Baseball or it's played in front of an empty stadium. I think that's going to be the hook. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they've got to find a way to keep that roof open, you know, even if it is a cloudy day. Yeah. And I know that Toronto has a hard time dealing with that, but that's something (laughs) you have to do. Um, Is it bad that, okay, I get, you know, if people can't get the vaccine for some health reason, that's different. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a lot of sympathy for unvaccinated players complaining about not being able to do stuff. Nope. Get the vaccine. Yeah. That it's, it's, you, you made the choice not to get it. If you made the choice not to get it, I, I'm sure there are people who physically can't get it. Mm-hmm. I think, I don't know. I, I actually don't know of any disease that prevents you from getting it, but sure. If you have a doctor's note, I'll listen to you. Exactly. Yep. If you made the choice as a healthy individual not to get the vaccine, then you are making the choice not to give yourself certain freedoms when you come to Canada. That's just the way it goes. Just because America opened up does not mean we are. Well, I'm, and I'm you, so with you here, even for Canadians. Yeah. I, exactly. I don't care. I hope that when you go to see City in Color in December, you'll have to show proof of vaccination. And if you haven't been vaccinated, you don't get to go. Sorry, man. Like, you're right. You have the right to not get the vaccine. No one can force you to do that. But you may be held out of some stuff over that. <laughs> like, that's yeah. my choice as a concert promoter or a venue owner or whatever. Exactly. These are these are independent businesses yeah. that you have the choices. right. I got choices. Yeah, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Well, guess what? <laughs> no job. <laughs> this ex- this extends. Yes. And and so I have a hard time sympathizing with that concern. Uh, again, like you made the choice not to do this, you are living with that choice. But the and, PA and is going to have to look for all of, look out for all of its members, right? Like that's oh, yeah. going to be the issue. I'm I'm with you, but I think that's going to be a bigger hook, um, a bigger hitch than. Than the government. I, I do think we're at a point where, and they, uh, Shai's story does say provincially and municipally, they've been approved. This will happen. It's now going to be up to the federal government because it's a border issue, right? So yeah, uh, I, I sort of expect this to happen. I, uh, I'm I'm leaning on the positive side too. I yeah. really hope I'm not jinxing it, um, but I, I really am leaning on the positive side. Um, I I have to wonder from, from the PA's standpoint, like given that we've got what two at this point, there's going to be about two months of baseball left. Yep. And not every team has to come to Toronto with the remaining schedule. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know how much of an impact on how many players that would be enough to, to make this, uh, you know, not happen. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that it's certainly something they're going to have to discuss and find, you know, find a workaround for or something, but I don't think enough players are going to be impacted on the handful of teams that are going to actually end up coming into Toronto. Well, and this isn't new, right? Like it's, it's kind of funny to think about, but, um, we've seen players who can't travel with their teams into Canada because of their criminal records or outstanding warrants That's or point. things like that, right? <laughs> Canada has said no to pro athletes before <laughs> based on some of these things. I don't think they're going to be able, I think again, the PA would stop you or the league would stop you from saying you can only bring your vaccinated players to Canada. Um, but it wouldn't be the first time we've taken a stand like that, right? That yeah, only these guys are allowed to come across and that's a good point. That's a good point. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. I, I really, really, really hope. Would you go? That we are. Are you ready for the dome? Like to me. Hondo P. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm. I'm more ready. I think I'm ready for TD Place. It's a strictly outside facility. 
lots of breeze, lots of open space. Yeah. The dome, I don't know. It depends, I guess. It the dome is an indoor the dome is a is a building. It's an indoor yeah. facility with a lid that peels back a little bit, right? It's I don't know. I I guess the the problem becomes like for me as a ticket buyer, I have the luxury to go, yeah, I'll wait and see how things are. I'll see how the numbers are, I'll see how Toronto looks, I'll see how this is going. They don't get to do that. They have to make a call with a few weeks' notice to get this set up and going and travel plans made. And um, the Jays have always said we need about three weeks' notice to transition from Buffalo to Toronto. So they're going to have to make a call. And uh, I do believe, whether we love it or hate it or whatever it might be, I think it's happening. I do think they'll be here. Uh, whether it's July 30th, I don't know. The next longest homestand after that starts August 20th. It might be that one if they can't get this ironed out quick enough. But I think with the numbers where they're going and the vaccination rates amongst Major League Baseball and the fact that the CFL has been given the go-ahead, I do think you will see um, the Blue Jays be allowed to go ahead with this. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think it's all signs are pointing to we're ready for this. And uh, yeah, again, I understand people who maybe aren't comfortable going. Yeah. That's fine. The the Sky Dome slash Rogers Center is a very different beast when it comes to quote unquote outdoor sporting events. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I think that it's getting harder and harder to find reasons. No, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I think we're going to see this for a while. Everybody's comfort level is going to be different for a bit. Do what you want to do. Do what you're comfortable with. And that's okay. It is. I have said this on several shows, but do not criticize other people for being at a different pace than you. Yeah. You, you may be super comfortable with things opening up and, and, and be eager to, for it and you're yep. fully vaccinated and ready to go and that's yeah. good for you. I want to do everything ready to go ready to rip yeah. other people lick a doorknob you <laughs> earned it <laughs> and you may have such anxiety it's the doorknob lickers that are keeping me from going to the dome I don't want to yeah, be behind yeah, the go. doorknob liquor at the, the, the hot dog mustard stand or whatever it's <laughs> yeah, and you you may be super uncomfortable with with large gatherings or even going out to a patio and that's okay everyone's yeah. got to go at their same at their their own pace and let's just let each other do that for sure um yeah so here's to hopefully having jay's baseball in canada at some point in the year of our lord 2021 (laughs) for the love of god let's see it um (laughs) other uh canadian sports news kind of sad sports news Mm -hmm. diana matheson announced her retirement on twitter we're recording this on thursday on third no today's wednesday what day is it (laughs) it's wednesday she announced her retirement from Team Canada uh, women's soccer team uh, on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we're heading into the Olympics. Diana Matheson, two-time Olympic medal winner and CONCACAF champion. It's 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 a bittersweet moment. She had a great career, but it's, uh, it's tough to watch her go. Uh, if I didn't already love Diana Matheson as a player, I loved her in her uh, retirement Zoom call referring to London, uh, the London screw job. And then had to, of course, admit to being a wrestling fan. Um, those of you who know, know about the Montreal screw job and another Canadian hero, Bret Hart, being screwed out of the world title. Uh, Diana Matheson uh, dropping that reference. God love her. Um, man, just one of those those clutch players that, that always came through. Look, I'm never going to sit here and claim to be the world's biggest soccer fan. But, you know, I, I can remember watching um, the... Uh, the junior tournament that was held in Canada that she played on. I can remember, of course, uh, I've talked on here before about somehow for like one weekend during the 2012 Olympics, my dad and I becoming women's soccer fans <laughs> sitting on our deck watching through the screen door. Um, you know, the, the the game again, they beat Great Britain in the quarterfinal. Uh, they lose in controversial fashion to the Americans in the semifinal and then beat France uh, for a bronze medal. Um, at London 2012, Diana Matheson instrumental in, in those Olympics for sure. Uh, the women's world cup when it was played here in Canada, um, she was all over those broadcasts and you were seeing a ton of her there. Just one of those athletes that maybe didn't always get her, um, spotlight, right? Because Christine Sinclair was always, and rightfully so, but the golden girl for Canada, right? She was the, the face of the franchise, if you want to call it that. And Diana Matheson, just a little bit below that. and But a fantastic career. Um, sad to see her go, right? And, and you know, yeah. we talked about her a week or two or a couple weeks ago that she had already sort of started to slow down and, and step away a little bit. But she makes it official now and um, hell of a career, hell of a legacy. 
Yeah, she's uh, she's been dealing with some injuries over the last couple of years, so we haven't seen her on the national team as much. She actually turned more so to broadcasting. Yeah. She'd been doing some coverage with TSN, and she's been fantastic at that. Yeah, so I think she's got a, a bright future ahead of her there. But uh, she was left off the national team for the Olympics because of her injury. I, I suspect, and this is just my hunch, mm-hmm. they may have left her off because they knew this was coming. Okay. Um, the team sense, released yeah. a, a great video today and I'll, I'll tweet it. We'll, we'll, we'll tweet it, we'll um, share it out, yeah. on Twitter as you do on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, at Shrides at tall can audio, uh, basically every member of team Canada thanking her and, and talking about what her career meant to them and, and her legacy. And it was really, really nice. And, uh, you know, I, I hope we'll, we'll see her cover this year's Olympics. I'm sure I'm on some sure, level yeah. we will. Um, cause I think everyone, you know, we're, we're looking forward to watching what I'm, I'm looking forward to watching women's soccer at this point. We know the roster, the Olympics are a couple weeks away. Like, let's go. I'm ready. Yes. And to have this news come out, like, it's just kind of like, Oh, that's sad. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> like, I'm with like, you. Bittersweet. Yeah. She's had a great career. Yeah, no, and if she's ready, then then power to her, right? But it it it's always like this, right? The athlete more often than not seems more ready than their fan to see them go. They always kind of go, "All right, it's time." I understand, and the rest of us like, "No, I wasn't done watching you yet," right? Like, yeah. Um, so that's just sort of how it goes. But she's always been one of those players that that seem to pop up during these big moments and uh, uh, and manage to put something in. And and like I said, just maybe just on the, the PR scale or the, the celebrity scale, just maybe a tiny notch below Christine Sinclair, but mm-hmm. always one of those people that you love to, to cheer for. And that always came through for Canada. So, um, yeah, sad to see her stepping aside. To draw a comparison from everyone's favorite team, uh, America, um, <laughs> she's kind of like the Alex Morgan to Christine Sinclair's Megan Rapinoe. Okay. Right. Maybe talent level, I think there's a bit of a difference. I, I do think Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan are, are much more aligned on talent, but Megan Rapino is the bigger personality yeah. and always gets the coverage. Christine St. Clair is not exactly the bigger personality. Right. Um, but she is, she's a notch above Diana Mathis. So she, she, she always got that, the spotlight and the coverage. And in those big moments, she was always just a hair above. Right. Right. Diana Mathis, Diana Matheson would score a goal or even two. Well, Christine St. Clair got three. (laughs) Like it was, she was just, and and it's not like to compare the two. It's just like, that's why we didn't hear about her as much is Mm -hmm. because Christine St. Clair is just that good. Cast a wide shadow, right? Exactly. We can't not talk about her. Right. And, but Diana Matheson was, was right there. She is just as much a part of the reason why Canada came on to the stage as abruptly as they did in 2012. Yep. And I know a lot of people were following them before, but in terms of just like national coverage and interest, like London, nothing will ever compare no, to London. It was huge. They, they, they just burst onto the scene that the London screw job. I'm with her. That was <laughs> absolute BS. I rewatched that game a few weeks ago for some stupid reason. Uh, and I'm and having I'm, a I'm, great day. I'd really like to be pissed off right now. I, I don't know what, <laughs> I read Megan Rapinoe's book and she talked about it and I thought, you know what? I want to go back and watch that game because I hate myself. <laughs> and <laughs> I did. And it ruined my day yeah. and really my subsequent like four weeks because I haven't <laughs> really gotten over it. Um, just absolutely brutal refereeing. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, I can't even, I don't even remember what I was like, what train of thought I was on because now I'm just mad. But anyway, all that is to say Diana Matheson is awesome. And she is, is just as much of a reason as any other member of the team as to why Canada has been so successful in the last few years and why they're ranked so high and why they're expected to do well. And, uh, she, she deserves a lot of credit for bringing, uh, women's soccer in Canada into the spotlight and, uh, yeah, what a great career. And and I'm again I'm I'm really, really optimistic that we'll see more of her on TV. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. By the way, speaking of cheers, how's your uh how's the beer? It's far closer to the uh the New England IPA than it is to the lager, but it's pretty good. It's pretty juicy, pretty All nice. Right. Uh yeah. Enjoying go. this one a fair bit. So um, but yeah, if, if you're on the fence about checking this one out, uh, if you're taking, uh, Matt's beer recommendations seriously, uh, first of all, give your head a shake, but second of all, yeah, this would be far closer to the, uh, the, the, the kind of juicy New England IPA than it would be to the lager, but still very tasty. How about yours? You, uh, you oh, sold yours. You, you said you always love yours. It's, oh yeah. It's yeah. delicious as always has not disappointed. Here's a question for you. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Sure. 
I am looking for a brewery in the Ottawa slash surrounding area that I have not been to yet. Oh, and I have been to them all. Yeah. So I'm having a little bit of trouble. <laughs> same. Same. I, I, I thought you might be in the same situation. No, yeah. I, I don't know how much help I'm going to be there because every now and then I kind of circle through them all and I go, um, uh, this isn't fair. Uh, Chris Stevenson. He has a second Twitter account that I will retweet or put out there. Ooh. And it's it's like Ottawa Craft Beer or Craft Beer Ottawa or something. And it was a podcast that he was going to start up. And it's I, over the last like 18 months, I think it's only gotten to like two episodes. So the podcast part hasn't really taken off, but he's sharing a bunch of stuff, right? So I hit up that Twitter account and I kind of see you know, breweries that maybe I'd forgotten about or who's new or whatever. And I keep like circling through them, like been there, been there, been there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'll do repeat. I'll, I'll check in and go, got enough new here that maybe that's worth an order. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Right. And that's sort of why I've been enjoying this, uh, small batch that you've got me set up with. Um, and, uh, I should also shout out because, uh, he's going to be on the show on Friday morning. Uh, our friend Steven Bunda from TSN 1200 uh, was in the parking lot of the TCA studios on Tuesday to drop off a couple of beers for me uh, before he came on with Graham Creech to talk about, um, well, we've already recorded it. We haven't released it yet uh, to talk about UFC 264 this weekend. So Bunda was making the rounds. He hit Steve Lloyd's house, which isn't far from here, hit up Graham Creech uh, and hit me up as well. Uh, to drop off some beers, so big thanks to him. And if you are looking forward to Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier this weekend, um, our tee up for UFC 264 will drop with Creech and Bunda on uh, on Friday morning here on Tall Can Audio. But um, it so it's been a good week here, eh? Between the stuff that you and Josh got me set up with, the stuff that Bunda's been, I'm like just covered in. Covered in isn't really the word I was looking for. I'm uh, drowning <laughs> in. I have a lot of craft beer around, uh, but he hit me with some Beyond the Pale stuff, um, which I had. Uh, I always enjoy their things as well. But I'm with you. It's it's getting hard to, you know, like you want to support the new guys. You want to support all of these guys, but uh, it's getting harder and harder to find new stuff. I know. I'm I'm trying to find some like outskirt areas to drive to. Yeah. Like you know, I live in Almont, so. I've gone about as west as you can go without getting to Mattawa, um, <laughs> Whitewater, and uh, there's a couple up in Pembroke, Square Timber. I've I've been to. Oh, I've never tried I might, Square Timber. I've never even heard of it. It's dude. It's literally out of some guy's garage. Okay, nice. It's I love insane. that. You got to drive down like a dirt road. Yeah. You get to some guy's log cabin, All and right. he's got like a full on brewery and little shop in his garage. I and like it's actually that. decent beer. Okay. For anybody looking to go on a road trip, bring <laughs> your bug spray. <laughs> so we were looking at maybe doing like a drive down to, I think there's a brewery in Johnstown along the border hmm. and um, Westport maybe. Yep. I don't know. I'm not as familiar with like that side of Eastern Ontario, but I, like, I'm, go I'm getting to the point where I have to drive very far yep. to get to a brewery I have not been to. Or start ordering from Toronto breweries and pay astronomical sh shipping costs. Well, I'll tell you what, next time, because uh, it won't be long, next time I'm heading down to the lake, I'll bring you some stuff back from the core that's from Bob Cage. Oh, aren't you kind? Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll even things back up again here. Cause All right, I'll bring you, some, uh, bring you some beer from my neck of the woods. Nice. Out yeah, here in Square Timber or wherever that some yeah. guy's garage. Bring me garage <laughs> beer. Let me try some garage <laughs> beer. Only in Pembroke, man. Right. Dear Pembroke, don't ever change. <laughs> All right. That uh, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on? I'll just throw it out there once more. Friday morning, Graham Creech and Steven Bunda will be on teeing up uh, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier at UFC 264. We'll go through that card. Um, you know that Michaela is going to be up late watching that. She's a big UFC fan. Definitely. So uh, check Ask that out. all the questions. That'll be episode 851 of uh, Tall Can Audio. Look for that Friday morning. Right on, right on. I actually just found out I'm going to be, for the first time I think ever, I'm going to be on the air on Friday for a couple hours with Graham Creech. Nice. I don't think that's ever happened. Okay. I'm very much looking forward to that. Tell us when. When can we hear it? What time? It'll be Friday on In the Box. Nice. So I'll be on eleven to two. I can't do the ten to two, um, but eleven till two. Okay. Uh, and as always, you can listen to She's Got Game 
Fridays at 6 p.m. on TSN 1200 mm-hmm. or TSN1200.com. And the Mouchoir Podcast is back. And the Mouchoir Podcast, wherever you get your podcast. We actually have a new episode. This uh, On Monday, we released an episode with uh, Sonia Rohde, mm-hmm. who is the uh, founder and executive director of I'm going to get this wrong because I don't have my notes in front of me. <laughs> uh, the Ottawa Gatineau Capital Rebels of the Central Canadian Women's Football League. Okay, Got nice. it. Nailed it. That's yes. called professionalism, folks. There's a lot of words um, there. You threw it down hard. So That's many words. <laughs> Alphabet soup. But yeah. anyway, it's a women's football league and yeah. it's awesome. And they're just starting up. They're hoping to launch in 2022. We had Sony on to chat about it. And then on Friday, mm-hmm. we're going to be releasing an episode with Nate Bahar of hey, the Ottawa Red Blacks. Friend of this show as well. He's been in studio before. So that'll be awesome. Looking forward to that. Because they yeah, just re-upped yeah, so, him not too long ago. They did. They yeah. They signed him, so he'll be back. Thank goodness. He's yes. not retiring. Thank goodness. No, like everybody um, else. Like yeah. so many others. And uh, he's a great interview, as you know, and and uh, always great to chat to. So uh, pay attention for that uh, at Mouchoir, a Red Blacks podcast. Mouchoir. Mouchoir. And as always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. You can find me on Twitter at Shrides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S, or you can find my craft beer on Instagram at CraftedInTheCapital. And we will see you next time on TallCanAudio. Mouchoir. Did you see that? Yep. There's an hour you're never getting back. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. Uh, okay, I'm going to call that a wrap. You can find tons more TCA at tallcanaudio.com. But um, but.